everybody. Welcome to another edition of Talking Ticks. As always, tonight it's me, Scott Gerard, with Tommy Johnson, Daniel Zollinger, breaking down all the LSU news for you this week. Man, March Madness is in full effect. There were a lot. I don't know if you guys, I mean, I, I ultimately filled out a bracket like just in time. I think I did my bracket at like 11.45 a.m. on that Thursday. Uh, it's already gone to hell, but, but um, I, I did have some good picks in there. Um, they're probably not winning at all. Uh, you had the men's, you got the women's going off already. Some good news for, uh, for women's basketball. They make the sweet 16 and, um, yeah, I'd say men's baseball had a good weekend. Men's baseball, like there's women's baseball, uh, <laughs> baseball had a good weekend. They take the series at Texas A&M in college station two to one. We'll talk about that as well. And anything else that comes up, uh, before we do checking in with you guys, see how your weekend went. I uh, hope it was a good one. It was it's kind of chilly, but otherwise pretty good, pretty good weather here. No more storms, thank goodness. Um, how, how are you guys doing? Man, good to be with you. Good to be back on another podcast. You're right about that weather. It's downright cold here. Um, <laughs> I see you got a sweater on even inside. I know. I, I'm just I'm just cold. So um, last bit of winter, I guess, you know, as we're watching uh the marsh madness and and you know good good weekend of baseball enjoyed watching that so um yeah but uh good to be with you yep having fun glad to be back uh weekend a lot of sports going on watched a fair number of basketball games that i wasn't even really planning on doing just throwing them on the tv and stuff uh and so caught the the women men's games and then some some baseball as well so i uh, really full of of all of that and uh, it's good to to have something going on, and we can break that down for you today. Yes, we can. Um, first off, I just want to talk about the the women's because they have made it to the Sweet Sixteen. First time they've done that done that since like I want to say twenty fourteen. Uh, but the women, but the Lady Tigers, man, they uh, they they did it at home, which I think is cool. Uh, well, the the last game yesterday, they, they took out Michigan, uh, 66 to 42 to make it to the sweet 16. And, uh, they had, uh, Hawaii at home. They won that one almost as easy. Well, pretty much the same, uh, 73 to 50. And now they on to sweet 16. But the cool thing was, is they, for women, for whatever reason, they play them both at home, the first two games, which, I don't know. I was going to ask you guys about this later. I, I think it's really cool that they do that because uh, I don't know. It's it's more games at home. Um, mm-hmm. Gives the the local market some some revenue. Plus, I don't know. It's it seems simpler. It's not you're not sending people from Florida all the way out to the West Coast to play like one game and then turn around and go to some other. You know, it's just it. It's I think it's better that way. And I just think it's hmm. interesting that the men don't do that. But first two games for the Tigers, um, I think everyone expected the game from Hawaii. The one against Michigan was, I don't know, I think they were imagining it to be closer. Uh, I think for a while it, it it was pretty close. But, I mean, the Tigers obviously ran away with it, uh, winning by 24. And they're moving on. So that's great. And I think – Within this weekend, Kim Mulkey played her, well, excuse me, play, not played. She coached her 800th game. Not wins, but just 800 games. That's like, that's a lot. That's that's longevity. You know, yeah. just, I was thinking about it right before we got on. It's like, man, even if you were, 
at a regular job, it's like what? There's 365 days in a year. You don't work weekends usually, hopefully, minus some holidays. You're probably like low to mid 200 days that you're working. Yeah. Like imagine if every day, like that, that would take at least, you know, uh, just under four years to reach that. But, you know, they they don't even play 100 games a year. So that's spread out over forever. Yeah. Uh, but just remarkable what she's done in a short time. But uh, it's like, I know the Tigers received as a three, but I don't know. Looks like they're playing as a one. Yeah. Congrats to the Lady Tigers. Uh, I actually watched the game against uh, Michigan yesterday. Can't say that I watched all the games this year, but I did tune into this one, and they played really well. Um, Angel Reese had the team on her back, I think, like 25 points, 24 rebounds or something. Every single time, if she missed her own shot, she was catching her own rebound and putting it right back up, usually back for two two more. Uh, so we just kind of just out-physicaled Michigan and like you were talking about, Scott, with the home court thing for the seeds, that was a big factor, too. You could tell that the crowd was really into it. Um, the PMAC was packed, and LSU was feeding off of that. Uh, I guess it, maybe it's more of a, a money thing where they're, they don't expect that many fans to travel to see LSU versus Michigan, like in Tucson, Arizona or something, uh, for those early round games. Um so yeah, why not have it at the home court where they, they fill the, the stands up and, and really cheer the team on? I guess it's a, a good advantage and kind of similar to how they do the regionals in baseball um, where the top 16 seeds like get the, the home field advantage. So it, it makes a, a pretty big difference between, I guess, a five seed and a four seed. But uh, if you've played well during the season, then you deserve it. So yeah, LSU played really good and I'm excited for them uh, moving forward. They play against Utah on Friday. And Utah's, mm. I think, a, a step up. They're the two seed in their region, um, and hopefully they can keep the ball rolling. I think they're playing in where Greenville, Greenville. South Carolina. Yeah. Um, so kind of another weird, weird location. Like, why do they choose these kind of mid-major cities exactly. for for this type of stuff? Uh, but LSU always travels well, and being closer to Baton Rouge than Salt Lake City, I'm sure that the Tiger fans will be uh, in attendance. So looking forward to that, and glad they're getting their time in the sun uh, under Kim Mulkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great, great win for them, and um, you know, excited about their success. Uh, the it, it is interesting the way they do that, uh, like the hosting in your you know your home court. It's kind of yeah. cool. I, you know, I, I don't know if I I feel like I kind of I kind of like the neutral site. Maybe that's just because that you know they've always done it that way. That's how I've always like grown up, like thinking about March Madness is like neutral site. Um, but I don't know. I I. I don't necessarily. I don't. I don't know if I have a reason why I why I like that better. But it's just kind of you know. If, if you told me like pick pick one, I think I might pick to keep it the way it is as far as for the men's go. But it is it is still cool, and especially like being around here when you know with a team that's good and that is hosting. Um, you know, I was I was I was on campus yesterday. Um, I didn't go to the game, but I was like right right next to the PMAC as, as people were coming in and, you know, tailgating and stuff like that. So it's kind of, it's pretty cool in that it's something unique. Um, maybe a slight preview of what we'll see with football in the next couple of years, because I think the way they want to do the, um, the expanded playoff is that the first playoff games, as opposed to yep. like having them be, you know, the peach bowl or whatever, it would be hosted at you at the higher seeds, um, uh, home field. So, yeah, 
kind of you know kind of cool and, and not something you get to see i think that often in major college sports is like the um daniel you mentioned like the regional in baseball is like probably the number one example but you know a hosted uh playoff experience so yeah it's pretty cool and good good for uh good for our lady tigers yes definitely uh good luck to them moving forward i I expect them to do well. I, I don't know. I, I think I would be disappointed if they weren't in the final four just because of what they've been able to do so far, like only two losses. Uh, that's just remarkable. Um, and, yeah, it just goes back. You know, if they're playing in Greenville. Like, neither one of these teams is even on the same side of the Mississippi. Well, actually, technically, LSU is on the same side of the Mississippi as Greenville. It's on the east side, right? But still, it's just to make these two teams go over there. I don't know. They, I don't know how they determine these but I just I find it interesting. I'm kind of with you. Well, I think I'm on the fence. I agree with you, Tommy. I, I kind of like the, the neutral site, the randomness of it, just because there's the you know there's games going at all different times of the day, starting on that Thursday. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, I remember going to school and like coming straight home from school, knowing there was going to be games on, and um, but you know, plus there's the off chance if you know if you don't live in Baton Rouge, you know, your your team could come to see you wherever you are, Florida, Georgia, Texas, wherever the case. Um, so there's that too, but I, I just think, I just think it's weird that the NCAA just has no standard across the board. Like it's different from each sport, right? The bowl games, always neutral site. The playoffs have been, now they're going to introduce home sites because they're expanding it. Meanwhile, baseball has always had home sites for the first two rounds, right? If you, if you're the higher seed and you win. Women's basketball, but yeah, men's basketball—they just do neutral site from the get-go. So I, I don't know. It's just you just—I just wonder how these decisions were made, right? Because there's no cohesive standard there. Where it seems yeah. like you know football is starting to get get that way, but um, and I don't baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine it well, kind of comes back to the the money thing, where it's just yeah, for for really the smaller schools that they don't have a big fan base, they don't want to travel all the way across the country to a neutral side game where you have two fan bases traveling. Uh, whereas as long as if you have it at one place, you know, you're at least going to get a decent number of fans. Cause like I mentioned in some of these March madness brackets, like or the, for the men's, we got Xavier versus Florida Gulf coast in the Fresno, California region. I mean, that's probably not going to pack the stands, even if the game is pretty good. So give it to the team at home and see what happens. But yeah, but the the men's basketball, they got the big TV rights, so enough people will tune in to make where it's it's worth it to have that that game and, and kind of spread the wealth in that way. At least that's my take well, on it. Well, I'm sure they they package it all together as one TV product, mm-hmm. and so when they're selling it to, uh, one when they're selling it to the you know TBS True TV TNT CBS conglomerate type thing, you know all those games are basically one for for the TV purposes. And then on the back end, um, a venue. I'm I'm sure they make money on the other side from these venues, these neutral site venues, who just want to be a part of it. And you know maybe they can't they can't afford to host the Final Four or or you know the Elite Eight, but um, they can host a, a round of thirty two round of thirty two game, and mm. you know and they get to be a part of the March Madness. I think it probably just has to do with, you know, and I think I've, I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but like the, the NCAA basketball tournament is like the most um, profitable event that the, that the NCAA puts on all year. 
uh, more profitable than the you know football than than the national championship than the bowl games all that and so i think it's, it's i mean it's a billion dollar thing and so you know the, i would imagine like the college world series the reason that you're getting home field you know it, i think if the college world series were as were as profitable and as big 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 bucks as the ncaa tournament you'd probably have you know all the games played at various fields around the country but because it's not, you know, you're doing, you're doing home field and that's, you know, it just adds to, it doesn't necessarily matter. It's not necessarily bad or good one way or the other, but it just changes the the dynamics of the, of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of like, because of the college world series, you know, like they, they whittle it down to eight, but then they have all these teams converge essentially in the, the exact middle of the country in Omaha. Yeah. Omaha. I think that's cool. But like I don't, I don't think they would ever do that for basketball, right? Like they're not going to just constrict the elite eight and then just play the rest of the games in one city. They could. Mm-hmm. But well, they, they kind of do that. Like they like. Game? Well, like once once they finish, like at the, all the different sides of the bracket, when they come together for the final four, it's one city. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Same thing. But it's just like it's two games. And it's got oh, yeah. like it, it rotates around the country instead yeah. of having. Oh, oh, yeah. One you mean like? Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. always it's like, always Omaha. Right. Well, yeah, oh. and also it's like it's 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 always eight teams. It's not just the final four. Yeah. I guess that yeah. just going back to my point where it's just it's arbitrary across the board depending on the yeah. sports and and the gender, obviously. But anyway, um, good luck to the Tigers moving forward. The men's. Like I said, my bracket's gone. Um, I, I had some good hits in there that I don't think anybody saw coming. Uh, I think I I had Furman winning out one of those games. I did not see Purdue go down early. I did not see uh, Kansas going down early to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. But just craziness happens. So I, I actually love it when it happens. Um, you had three SEC teams move into the Sweet 16 um, a lot of good games. I think there was only like one, I don't know. It was that one that I think it was Furman where they like hit that shot with two seconds left. I think there was maybe one buzzer beater, like in the first round, but, uh, but other than that, just all in all good basketball, very entertaining. Yeah. Some pretty wild games. And you mentioned Kansas. That's who I picked as my national champion and they're out on weekend one. So <laughs> yeah. uh, not too great there <clears throat> as well as, Last week I had mentioned Purdue because my brother's a Purdue grad and they became the second uh, one seed to lose to a 16 as Farley Dickinson took them down before promptly losing to the FAU Owls. So not a not a noble um, term, tournament for Purdue, who actually last year they lost as a two seed to a 15. So they've had a really horrible uh, run for the Boilers. Uh, Alabama, number one overall seed, they've been rolling, still looking like the best. Brandon Miller's been playing well. Um, and then Houston on the other side. He's he's been a, just a, a deadly shooter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get that away. <laughs> there go there. But yeah, to have the possibility of Bama cutting down the nets in basketball is, is pretty wild to say, considering they've been the traditional football power and now they're good at everything. And then they could get a. So was it Florida in two thousand six? I think that seven, won basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Basketball, yeah, basketball and football. And football. Yeah. Didn't and they baseball, win baseball right? or something like almost yeah, the same did. year? Yeah, they won all three. Uh, oh, yeah, dude. so it's been a while since we saw something kind of crazy like that. I mean, some teams have had runs at it, but um, I guess good luck to them 
and yeah, three SEC teams between Bama, Tennessee, and uh, Arkansas as as they beat uh, Kansas. That was a good game as well, Arkansas versus Kansas. So yeah, excited for the the next round and see who uh, takes it up all the way. Yeah, um, I it's been some like good good physical like that Tennessee Duke game. That was just a brawl. I mean, I, yeah. it was just very physical. Uh, but not not like too chippy, but just physical. I mean, guys were coming out of the game bleeding. It was, I don't know, good, low good backyard game. basketball. <laughs> yeah, was it? I said it was like a, it was a low scoring game. That too. I feel like I feel like I've seen a lot of these kind of, you know, yeah, like you said, physical brawly, not not very clean, and not like dirty, not like you know, no, oh, yeah. right, but just like kind of bad, not you know not smooth games. Um, I felt the same way. I watched the Michigan state game, Michigan state Marquette. And and that game finished 69, 60. Um, Michigan state takes down the number two seed Marquette. And uh, now, now, I mean, Izzo always has a very well coached team. They're always mm-hmm. going to be, you know, they're always dangerous in the tournament. Like, you know, Wouldn't bet against them. Don't bet against them. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it was it was a it was a close game, and where neither team looked dominant. Um, right. So it's I mean, this is a weird. I feel like this is, this has been a, just a weird year for college base college basketball the whole time. Like none of the blue bloods are are any good or still around. I mean, it's you know, it's Bama, it's Houston, it's. <laughs> what Arkansas? <laughs> yeah, like the cl- the closest thing you got to a blue blood left is like UCLA and maybe Michigan State and like Gonzaga, Gonzaga? for like kind of the modern. Yeah. But yeah, Kentucky not there. Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, all out. So it's up for grabs. Shout out Princeton Tigers from the 15 seed to the Sweet 16. The nerds are on a roll. I saw yeah. a, a video today. It was like um of one of princeton's players and it was his linkedin profile and it was like asset management like this random like hedge fund is like this guy who like runs the back office deals is about to take down your favorite team in march madness wow yeah uh yeah but i mean it's like there's what one no two one seeds left then you have what i I don't know i think it's rare where you see like two two and three seeds playing because usually somebody's gone by then but you got uh, UCLA and Gonzaga, which I think will be pretty good. And you got Xavier in Texas. Uh, but the only, you only got like Miami to me, I thought they, I don't know. I, I, I put them in through the first two, but I don't know. They could, they could make some waves. Like, uh, like they, they're coming up against Houston Then you got Alabama and San Diego state. I think we'll probably know what's going to happen there. Uh, but then, yeah, you got Princeton in the sweet 16. Um, it's been a while since someone's had like a George Mason type of run. Right, like they were what? I figure were they a fifteen or thirteen, and they made it to the final four. Something like, like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but still, it's like it's like you want to see stuff well, like that. At least I do. I mean, like the one I, I mean, I remember um, also what? I guess it'd be like ten years ago at this point. But like when Butler went to the national championship. Yeah, I, I, they were they were a pretty high seed, right? They played yes. Duke. They and they and they almost won. They they lost basically on like a, you know, if if, uh, bu- if a buzzer beater, you know, go is like an inch closer, they go in, they're in. I mean, it goes in and and they win. Yeah, that'd have been chaos. I think that's their coach. Like, 
he got hired to the Celtics right after that, right? <laughs> yeah, basically so because of that. Yeah, he's got right. He just wrote his ticket right there. Um, but yeah, that. yeah, I remember that. It's just that's that's the good stuff. That's that's why I feel like you know expanding the football playoff. I don't know. It seems tedious, but there's always that one chance, right? Like that one year uh, Boise State took out Oklahoma in the festival. It's like you you, you give the good. You give the little guys a chance every once in a while, they'll surprise you. Um, it's, it's rare, but you know it'll happen. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, one more weekend, and then it's on to the final four. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of good games. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I don't know. It's just it's a different year, right? Like there's already two ones gone. There's like just a lot of uncertainty. Usually there is in, in March Madness, but I don't know. Like you said, this year it seems a little, it's a little different. Like Alabama's been the top seed for like long before they even got to the tournament. So it's just a, a weird year to digest in general for me. Plus yeah. LSU is just god awful. I, yeah, like plus LSU is nowhere to be found. Not even <laughs> in the NIT. <laughs> so no, uh, but then you're seeing all these teams this year, like uh, Kennesaw State. Iowa State last year, where the first year coach was like one and twenty something, two and twenty something, and the next year this, and then now they're in the Sweet Sixteen. So well, maybe one can dream. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I don't know who's gonna who's gonna be in first, LSU or uh, or uh, McNeese. <laughs> with with, <laughs> with no, already suspended. <laughs> They'll probably both play in the like the play-in game, you know, like the field of sixty-eight. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Wait, what? Anyway, wait, just pause for a second. So we we talked about it last week. Will Wade goes to McNeese. Then they announce it, and then he suspend. They're suspended. Like why? Right. I don't, I don't know if it ever came out. What was the reason? It's kind of <laughs> so strange. strange. Yeah, I, I, they're just. You know, it's like a preemptive measure, but like, how do they, I don't know. I had heard like, some, why, some stuff online. It was like part of the deal with the NCAA is like, we can hire him if we suspend him for the first five games. And like, he was okay with that. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll sit and, and coach for y'all, but who knows? It's just so weird. Yeah. And like, we still don't even know anything about it. Like it's, I feel like this incident was five years ago and it's still just, Going through the system like it's a like it's a cold case on forensic files, right? They got to exhume the body and figure it out. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're we all know they're just gonna. I feel like they're just gonna drop it. Like, <laughs> I told that. Yeah, that's what I think is gonna happen. Especially, I mean, Mark Emmert's gone. Will the the nil stuff is here? He he. They got what they wanted. LSU fired him. At McNeese, I don't think. I don't, I think they're just gonna say, you know. All right, <laughs> have fun at McNeese. Good luck. We we got what we wanted. We got you fired, which is kind of bad, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. No, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how many McNeese does. I don't know. I mean, if he has one, maybe I don't see him staying longer than two years there. Right? Like he. It, oh, like if he does, if he has success, yeah, yeah, he'll he'll be yeah he'll be. He'll be back coaching major college basketball, I would think. I mean, if Bruce Pearl, I mean, I guess, I guess Will Wade wasn't as successful in his first stop as Bruce Pearl, but still, like, I feel like Bruce Pearl, kind of the same situation. 
and has you know took Auburn to a Final Four only a few years after after you know being in the dumps. So, uh, yeah, he'll definitely. Yeah. I don't. I don't think McNeese will be where he retires. <laughs> Nor do I. So I, I don't know. That's why I said, hey, maybe he should stay in close just in case. But probably not going back to LSU. Probably some bad. I was about to say, wouldn't that be something? Yeah, some bad. If McMahon gets fired and they're like, you know what? We've got this new guy we think can really do a great job for LSU. <laughs> His name is Will Wick. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I was I thought about it when I heard it, when I heard where he was going. I, was, I looked and I was like, well, from Baton Rouge, it's probably like, what, two hours? Maybe a little yeah. more? Like if, if it was, like I know people that commute two hours to work. Maybe an hour and a half. I, I would never go more than an hour. But like, if if he had only gone like an hour away, like he could, he could have kept his house. He could he could have been fine. Yeah, I don't know where he was living. I don't know if he was still living in Baton Rouge after he got fired. Um, right. Yeah. I I mean, he, he didn't have a destination yet. Yeah. But uh. But anyway. Um. Moving on. Going on to LSU baseball, Tigers had a great weekend in College Station. Took two out of three. I mean, they they really could have taken three out of three. They they had this sweep, but lost it uh, basically because the the Aggies had one really good inning late. I think it was the uh, like sixth or seventh or something. They had like four runs, and yeah. LSU just couldn't come back after that. Uh, I think they had done enough to win the game, but then that one inning just kind of killed them. But still, I mean, to take two on the three, two out of three on the road, first SEC conference game, uh, conference series, excuse me. They look great. They looked the part, right? They won nine to zero. Then they won twelve to seven. A&M was starting to, you know, show a little feistiness. But then that third game, A&M was just like, we, we're tired of losing. Uh, you know, we're better than this. But I think what, um, I think LSU. They showed the first two games why they're number one, why they're expected to do really well. In that third game, it's like, I don't know, you could probably put it on a few things, but I think it boils down to two or three things. But I don't know if you guys, I was only able to watch Friday night. That one was on SEC Network. Uh, The other two I just kind of listened to on the radio as I could. Yeah. While I was watching March Madness, of course. Uh, But that, you know, the first game, first two games, LSU was fine. Paul Skeens. Uh, you know, it's how how is it going to translate from what he was doing before SEC play to now? Look the exact same guy. Had 11 strikeouts. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, and then Ty Floyd, not too bad himself. He didn't get the win, but that's only because he was out earlier in the game. Um, but still, it's like that. even the third day wasn't, you know, like that. It wasn't bad. Uh, it was just the, the Tiger Bats kind of just went quiet after a little bit. But what did you guys think? I mean, that third well, game, like I said, I think they could have taken it, but still. Yeah, I was only the only game I really watched a lot of was the Sunday game, actually the one that we lost. Yeah. Um, and it's disappointing because we were looking for the, the series sweep away against a ranked SEC opponent. And we we were up four to zero and five to one as well. And then we gave up four in the uh, the eighth inning, I believe. Uh, and it showed a bit of what we had mentioned before about the relief pitching, maybe not being as strong as it could be. Uh, and 
the, the starting pitching other than Skeens wavered a little bit as well, both between Floyd and uh, Thatcher Hurd on Sunday. Uh, so definitely points to correct this week for Jay Johnson, but you can't complain too much whenever you hammered UNO for 16 and then uh, took, like I said, won the series on the road SEC opponent when a lot of our brethren in the SEC got swept, like Ole Miss got swept. I think Arkansas got swept also. Um, and we actually we play at home against Arkansas this week. So that'll be another exciting one. But yeah, the, the, the bats were popping uh, in general. Dylan Cruz continues to dominate, leads the country in on-base percentage at like 650 or something, which is like mind-numbing. Absurd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Jared Jones, the true freshman, has really been coming on with the bat. I think he had like two or three home runs, and he, he leads the team as well. Uh, and really top to bottom, we're solid there. As long as we have a decent to good outing by our pitching, then we're going to be competitive in basically every game, uh, which is not what we could say a couple of years ago, like late in the Maneri era when oh, we yeah. were averaging what like an easy score would be like six to two for the other team just on a nightly basis. And you're like, Oh, what is it? What is going on? Why can't we put a run across the plate? Uh, But that's changed a lot. Tommy white has gotten the bat going as well. Uh, So yeah, just need to solidify the bullpen. Um, Chase shores and uh, Dutton as well. were a a little bit shaky Uh, Blake, not Blake money, uh, Riley Cooper. He's uh, had Mm. some, some issues with control as well with the walks and the things. So hopefully he can improve there. Um, and then I'm excited for the the first big home series against Arkansas, where if we can get the brooms out, I'd be thrilled. But to to keep winning SEC series two to one uh, is a solid result. Yeah, no, I, I think that the the Daniel, you're right. Like the the main issue is something we talked about for the past couple of weeks, and like it's not as as far as issues go, and as far as issues we've had over the past couple of years, this is a small, uh, you know, I feel like a smaller one, but it is still an issue. It's that our back end of the of the bullpen on you know basically a late our late sunday repertoire is not that great um and and that's i think really what cost us the game we we were able to put runs up and we were able to stay close but you know we got into a really bad spot in that eighth inning with where shores loaded the bases brought and then we brought in christian little he ended up walking a guy in to to score a run so um i mean that's just you just can't do that um that being said, we were we already won the series, and so you know I think it's a different it's maybe a little bit of a different decision for Jay Johnson when the series is already won. Um, you're hitting the ball well. You're pitching relatively well, with the exception of like you know really the last half of this game. You know you definitely of course you want to win. You want to get the sweep, but um, you know I'm, I'm thinking from a long term perspective. I'm like if we can if we just keep winning series. And we're playing as well as we are. We're gonna be okay. Um, I mean, the you're right. Like the bats are on fire. Tommy Tanks looking great. He was, I think, he was a SEC Player of the Week this this year. I mean, this he week he got the pal. He got the pal. Yep. Um, of course, Dylan Cruz continues to be every every bit as you know every bit as we thought he'd be. Um, it, yeah, I mean the the, the whole the whole squad's really playing well the only thing that kind of cost us that in that um top of the ninth you know we we really weren't able to, to kind of get anything going but you know we kind of got in a, we were just in a bad spot as far as the lineup goes i think it was thompson neal and and forget who, yeah. the, who the last guy was but it's just it's a hard that's a hard spot to hit in no matter who you are 
um, yeah. down two on the road. Yeah. And like you said, it's uh, not that they were like, I don't think the Tigers ever gave up. They're always fighting, but yeah, like you already had the Caesar, the series one. Um, and as far as the pitching, yeah, they had but seven walks. Uh, that's not good. But on the flip side, the Tigers had like, I think 11 strikeouts, maybe 12. Um, so it's, you saw it in that game. I think you saw it in a, another game in this series where it seemed like A&M was, was going a little heavy on the left-handers. Because uh, mm-hmm. yep. I thought it was is working against us, and if I was listening to the announcing, uh, Chris Blair, he was saying, "Yeah, it's it's kind of what tripped him up in the Iowa game. I think Iowa once they realized it, they just lefty, lefty, lefty. Uh, I feel like A and M was kind of doing the same thing, and it, I don't know, like if all the things going for this team, it's like if there was a weakness, yeah, it would be like game three pitching, but I would also say hitting against left-handed pitching." Like that's that's pretty much what's the only thing that's tripped us up so far. Otherwise, yeah, unstoppable. Yeah. I agree. And you, and you mentioned the strikeouts. We do like to swing for the fences, and that's yeah. shown in a lot of our home run production. But with that, you do ring up a certain amount of Ks. Uh, so it's yeah, like we said, kind of the opposite of an area ball or trying to put the the ball in play. Uh, you get one without the other. So I mean, if we're hitting home runs, it's good. Uh, if we could get nine Dylan Cruz out there, then we'd be unstoppable, but uh, everybody wants a piece of the pie. So uh, just got to keep hacking away and, and putting runs across the plate. Yeah. But yeah. you know, for every, for every Dylan Cruz you have, you also got a tanks. <laughs> yeah. Tommy tanks. <laughs> I, know. I, mean, I just it's, like it's, saying that I like saying Tommy tanks. I think everybody does. <laughs> um, he was smart to brand it. He's got like a Tommy tanks charity already. Um, but that's, that's one thing I noticed this weekend is like, even in that game three where, you know, you could tell there was a little bit of fight in AM, uh, and they were just kind of stymieing us with their pitching. And of course we walked, you know, seven, but it's like, there was a couple, there was once or twice where we had the bases loaded either zero or one out, couldn't get something across. Now that can happen. I remember that happened plenty of times the last few years, but it's like with this lineup with those has, like, I don't, I don't see that happening more than once. You know, it's just, it, they they still had six runs, right? Like late in the game. So it's like if, if LSU's pitching was there, maybe it wouldn't have mattered. For a while, it it did. It didn't. You know, they were still ahead. But, um, yeah, it's just like with this lineup, I just, there, there's, like Tommy, he, he was doing well, but it wasn't all home runs. There was a lot of singles for him too, which just keeps it going, keeps the lineup going through. That's all you need. Um so looking forward to that. Hopefully we can find a way to not let the left-handed pitching bother us and also find some guys that can close out a game. So I thought it was going to be Christian Little because he, he closed like the night at that first or second game. But of course that last game, yeah, he had to walk one across, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's a, that's a real tough spot for him to be in. But I mean, they, like I said, they brought him in with bases loaded. Yeah. Um, and, you know, um, but I mean, he gave, and he gave up two runs. So, you, and he walked one in, which is never good. But as far as you know, you you wish that the guy could come in and you know you play inner Sandman and he just strike punches out the two guy punches out two two in a row and then you walk off the field and like nothing happened. But it, it is a tough spot to be in. Yeah. Uh, Tigers are in. Uh, hopefully, they'll have a little bit better spot this weekend. 
playing all Arkansas this week, uh, hosting Central Arkansas for the midweek game. Then we got the Razorbacks coming to us this weekend. Um, they, I mean, they're you know it's it's Arkansas. They they've they've had a good program for a while. I think Daniel mentioned it earlier. You know, they've they probably not don't seem as strong this year. Well, I, I, I thought that for some reason in my head I had Arkansas. You thought they got, got swept. swept. They, uh, Ole Miss Ole Miss got swept, but Arkansas did the opposite. They went five and zero last week, and they're eighteen and two, um, wow. and number five in the country. So we got a top five matchup in the box. Uh, doesn't get too much more exciting than that. It was it was Tennessee was the other team that got swept this past yeah. week. Um, so yeah, there's going to be a lot of excitement in Baton Rouge. I'm sure I wish I could go to a game, uh, but yeah, it'd be a big test and even more so than A&M. So, uh, excited to, to catch that. Yeah. I think doesn't Tennessee come to town like right after Arkansas. Yeah. That's the week after Tennessee yeah. is at, at home. Man, it's two good weekends back to back in Baton Rouge. Um, and one of them, I think one of them is good Friday. So should be some people off should be some that that friday game should be packed yeah but um but anyway looking good for the tigers man uh i mean jay johnson's in a good position i i think for him what what i what i think he is good about doing so far because he has so much talent on this team because you know he's he's using guys bringing them in and out um he's got a lot of talent on the team and it's i think it's good to keep him hungry so it's it's like it's trying to balance when to put them in so that, you know, they they stay hungry and like get to because he's got like Jerry Jones. Like you said, Jerry Jones, you can just do whatever. But then you also have Gavin Dugas. Then you have all these other guys on the bench that that can hit and can do it for you. It's just keeping them active, keeping them hungry. I don't feel like that's that's going to be an issue as far as our bench goes with depth. Because um, normally, if you know, you got good guys, but. You know, who's who's going to replace Dylan Cruz in senior field? Nobody. You know, before, I think there wasn't guys that, like, there were maybe guys, they were either good in the field or at the plate. But, you know, you can only bring them in situationally. Now I think he has guys who are good at both. Like, LSU, I think, has the best fielding percentage in college baseball. So the guys that are on the field, uh, they're doing it. It's not just about bats, too. So uh, it's just about balancing that talent, man. I think he's doing a good job. Um, one, one quick question. What's your, what's y'all's opinion of Brady Neal, the freshman catcher? Have you, have you gotten to, have you, have you noticed him or, um, uh, I think he's, he's shown flashes and he's done okay with the bat. I think he was a little bit better, um, early on in the season It's kind of faded. They, they've started working Malazzo in, uh, who started for us last year. And I think it's Malazzo's kind of earned at least a, a competition for his, his job back. Uh, Maybe you say you want to get the, the freshman some time and get him up to speed, but I don't, I don't think there's too much differentiating them from each other at this point, especially because Malazzo was supposedly really good behind the plate, but he couldn't swing the stick to save, save his life. Uh, so if, if he's worked on that in the cage and, and practice, then maybe get him some starts like on uh, in the midweek and then on Sunday or something. And it should keep Neil fresh as well. But um, I think it's kind of an either or at this point. I wouldn't say that Neil is like, lights out maybe like some other freshmen yeah i mean i'm just i was impressed with him just watching him for you know a couple couple seeing him uh-huh. you know different different um appearances um and i mean i was even i was impressed with him yesterday even though they got the loss but um i he was in that uh in that 
that interaction on in or interaction, I guess during that inning in, in the eighth inning where they were uh, had bases loaded, he blocked a bunch of kind of bad throws or not necessarily bad throws, but just, you know, throws in the dirt or outside of the outside of the, the um, zone that could have easily cost two, three runs. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was good to, it was, it was good to see. And I, and I was, you know, it's something where I was like, I had to relook at his, I, I was int- watching him play and I, and I had to pull him back up and be like, wait, he is a freshman. That's kind of interesting. So kind of cool to see. It is. And I would say, there's a reason for that. Like the guys obviously got a very high ceiling. Alex Malazzo, like you haven't really heard his name much this year, but like before the season, I know they were, I think he was, I almost want to see he was hurt a little bit, but he, like, he is the the veteran. Um, yeah. Like he's the one that's teaching the guys like Brady Neal what to do. So even if he's not playing, I feel like he's still having an impact, but I mean, the guys, I think the guy's pretty steady. It's just, um, you know, on this pod, I will admit, you know, we gave him hell for, you know, his plate appearances. Malazzo? Yeah. Oh, Malazzo and, Malazzo and Beloso, those two Italians yeah. have had some trouble <laughs> with us over the past couple of years. Couldn't <laughs> hit the meatball. Uh, they're doing it this year. I mean, Beloso's done pretty well this year so yeah. far, like when he's, when he's appeared. Uh, but yeah, Malazzo, obviously, that's what I'm saying. I was like, I think Brady Neal's probably just the better option on the field just with the upside. But Malazzo is like the, the, the technician. He knows what he's doing. So I, I feel like he's still teaching these guys, even if he's not on the one field, exerting that experience. So there's that. Um, but that's my thoughts on Neal. Yeah, he's, he's good. Hopefully yeah. getting a lot better. Cool. Um, and I don't know, guys, I think, I think that's all it has as far as this week goes, unless you had something else. Um, say so too. Well, but yeah, I don't know, did you guys do anything, did you guys do anything interesting this week? <laughs> well, Scott, now that you mentioned it, I actually did. <laughs> um, I mean, I this, they call it the stadium golf tour. It's like this company called the stadium golf tour. They bring like top, basically top golf technology or not really technology but just top golf style um setup put it into your put it into your favorite stadium and here was tiger stadium so i got to play kind of nine golf kind of kind of golf holes but not really like there's no there's no putting it's one shot you kind of aim and, and hit towards a target kind of like at top golf um it was that tiger stadium so yeah, that was pretty cool, and and they said I talked to the guy. He, he ended up talking to the guy who like owns the company. If you remember years ago, um, the Padres Petco Park during the off season, like you could go play golf at Petco Park, and that was like a kind of like a big story for a while. Oh, wow. um, so he and his and his like his like co founder of this company, they worked for the Padres and built that, and so now they're doing it where they're going to tra- they're traveling around the country like. I think they did South Carolina, like Gamecocks Stadium, a couple weeks ago, and now they're doing Tiger Stadium. So they're going to do all of them. They're going to come back to Baton Rouge next year. He said it's already like on the books. Um, but very cool experience for for any LSU fan. Man, I, I went to like sections that I'd never even been to because you, you know, you're up there, and it's pretty scary because you're standing there in like section you know five eighty four. And you're slinging a club. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really I mean, it was super windy and cold. And I'm like, man, if I'm if I fall, like it's just gonna be really bad. <laughs> the end of Tommy. Yeah. 
but um, the two man pod. Yeah, that would be, I would have been in a full body cast doing this podcast. But um, I have a quick question. Uh, so, did they like? Was it right out of the you know the the tunnel where you go to get like? Did they have like a tee box with a, like a small little like turf green that you chipped yes. off of? Yeah. So they built like there there were nine tee boxes around the stadium at different elevations. So, I mean the high. I think you know I was at the high, at some points we were at the highest um, sections at the upper deck, and then there were some that were like field level and and kind of all around. Um, all around the 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 whole di- cir- you know circle or oval of the stadium as well, and then the grass had kind of flags with different targets, and they'd say, "Okay, hit towards the yellow flag for this one. It's 130 yards away, or things like that." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, they had the you know the little turf, um, little turf thing. So you can you can check out my put up a video yesterday. You can check out my video of it on, uh, on Instagram at the Pelican style. If you're interested in looking at it, um, people, oh, numerous dude. people on the internet have already made fun of my golf swing. So that's fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. To, it was a lot of fun to see it. Very cool. Uh, very, it was, it was like the most unique thing. I'm like, this is weird. I'm like playing, I'm playing golf in Tiger stadium. And like Daniel, I was like, Oh, look, there there was a um, one of our like uh, one of the tee boxes was like right next to the seats we used to sit at. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, "This is weird," but it was really cool. It was and, I, and it was fun to do. And he said next year they're going to bring even more. Like, I don't know what this means. But he said next year we're bringing in even more technology. Worlds so it's going to be, yeah. Like maybe the maybe the the you know the you might be floating or something. Well, I was thinking just the chipped balls like a Top Golf where they you know tracks all your metrics and. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. cool that'd be very cool um because that was the only the only like negatives about the about the the situation were one like and i don't think this was necessarily their fault like the, the stadium golf people i think lsu did a very poor job of like telling you what to do i paid a decent amount of money for these tickets and then like it didn't tell me where to go didn't tell me when like didn't tell me like okay you you know didn't tell me whether or not you should bring your own clubs i i brought mine but i wasn't really sure but i just had them and then some guy was like no you don't need it i was like oh okay so i put them back in the car but like didn't tell you where to go didn't tell you like what to do just you just paid and it was like okay cool see you see you at tiger stadium it's like well there's a lot of ways to get into tiger stadium (laughs) um yeah that sounds like a prehistoric you know like evite Tiger Stadium, two p.m. and that's all they give you. That's literally. Like, where, that's, where do I, I go? I checked my email. I checked like multiple emails looking for like instructions of like, okay, enter at gate seven. You know, go to here. Like, no, it literally was just Tiger Stadium twelve sixteen. That's your tea time. Like, so, you meet, meet a guy named Joey in the parking lot for something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, he. Uh, but anyway, so. Other than that, and and then um, and yeah, it was cool. It was a cool little event. Yeah, I'm sure that'd be cool to do it a lot of different parks. Not, you know, uh, I don't know if they would ever do them at pros. Probably not, because there's probably a lot more tighter restrictions. But ooh, that would probably be cool at uh, Sanford Stadium in Athens, University yeah. of Georgia, because Athens, like, but Sanford Stadium is kind of like a bowl that's down under the terrain, basically. Like right behind it, there's a street that's like right at the top of the bowl. So you can, if you're standing on a certain spot on the bridge, you can see the field on the stadium. So oh, that's cool. That would be a place for a tee box. Yeah, yeah. you can just go down there and yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. I'm gonna keep an eye on that. I would be I would be interested in do I mean I don't really I just go to driving ranges. I don't I don't play golf, you know, nine, eighteen rounds, whatever. I just I just go to a driving range, putt putt, whatever. So yeah, I'd still be interested in that now. Yeah, it was super fun. And it was like not, you know, there's you don't really have to be good Great. at golf yeah. to, you know, and the, the wind for me, it was freezing cold and the wind was like really bad. So I, after about the second or third shot, I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to hit it. And like, you know, I'm going to try and hit it and have fun and, and hit it as close as I can. But with the wind and everything, and it's weird because, you know, it'll say like, oh, you're like a hundred and something yards away. Um, well, you're really not, but they're adjusting for like the fact that you're up and the hole is like way down. Mm. Um, but because of that, if you're hitting, like if you're starting way up and you hit it into the, I mean, the wind would take it and do all kinds of stuff. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. Just blame the caddy. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool, man. That's, that's a cool story. Uh, check it out. If, uh, see if it's coming to a city near you. But um, other than that, I think that'll probably do it for us here. Unless you guys had any final words, we can uh, we can just look forward to this weekend. Check out the the next series and the final four for men and women's, and see what what happens there. So until then, I hope everyone has a, a good week, a good weekend, and we will talk to you next time on Talking Ticks.